0: Here is question 4. Part A. What is an emotion and how does this relate to aphelion and perihelion of the earth? And question 4. Part B. Is nature in balance or is she always seeking balance? What is stress in relation to emotion? From this tiny image you can see that the earth is on an angle. It's not vertical. The axis of the earth is leaning to one side. As the earth goes around the sun that one side that's on the top will be further away at times and closer at other times. If you were to plot this angle of slope of the earth's axis over a period of millions of years you would find that after a period of time it flips back to the other side the northern hemisphere would have winter in July and summer in December. So we might say the earth has a tick-tock of emotion. In the same way we, human beings, have a tick-tock of emotion. We, can have a minute by minute tick-tock or an hour by our tick-tock or a week by week tick-tock. These emotions from tick to TOC, can be extreme or they can be mild, they can be rapid or they can be sluggish. Every human being has emotions so the question was, what is an emotion? An emotion is a lopsided thought. What does that mean? Well, a balanced thought sees good and bad, right and wrong, happy and sad all at the same time. We call this state of mind the zone. When we are in this state of mind we are not an emotion. Another word for not being an emotion is love. Love is not an emotion. However, there are many levels of love. The diagram below which you will not see if you are listening to the audio is a pyramid of consciousness. It is the foundation of inner wealth. What it shows is at the bottom of the pyramid there is a lot of emotion very polarized thoughts. At the top there is no emotion very balanced thoughts. There are people at all levels of this pyramid and we, individually, will vacillate up and down the pyramid depending on how we think. When we think at the bottom of the pyramid we are thinking in extreme polarity of right or wrong, good or bad, happy or sad, pleasure or pain. When we are thinking at the top of the pyramid we are thinking at no polarity, absolute balance, right and wrong, good and bad, happy and sad, pleasure and pain. For most people where they think on the pyramid is subject to their reaction to circumstances. For example, if we put our hand on a very hot stove, we will pull the handle away in pain. That means we are at the bottom of the pyramid and that part of our brain called fight-flight, has acted to protect us from injury. In opposition to this, When we are getting a very gentle massage, we will typically float into the zone of balanced thought, just before sleep, and be experiencing the expression of the highest part of the brain, love. So there are environments where we are not triggered into fight-flight, extreme emotion, and there are environments where we are triggered into extreme emotion. There are also environments that are conducive to love and there are environments that are not. The degree of trigger is the variable. Every human being has a range of trigger points that will cause them either to be in a state of extreme emotion or not. Quite often we mistake the idea of being in a loving environment as being circumstantial or physical but as you can see from this description, the environment around us is only a temporary source of feeling love. Even in the most pristine, beautiful natural organic perfect environment with everybody tiptoeing around to avoid any form of trigger, memories and judgments can disrupt it and throw a person into fight-flight. So where we think on the pyramid of consciousness, in the language of emotion, depends on our mind. A person who wishes to lead in a very high place in the world must process a huge amount of their trigger points in order to remain in a state of focus, consciousness, zone, or as I have described it here, love. Therefore love and leadership are the same topic. Of course as we drop down through the lower layers of the consciousness cone love takes on a different emotional meaning. The love that I'm talking about here however, is unconditional love, balanced thinking. I have developed the emotional shower, the discard process, the breathing practices, life purpose connection in order to help leaders remain in the higher zones of the consciousness cone and to bring others with them up the cone through the coach them up or coach them out process. At the lower levels of the consciousness cone we are prone to extreme reactions. What many people do not realize is that we have the ability to assert control over those reactions. However, as you have learned from the last three days of questions and answers, those memes that cause us reactions are often buried deep in the subconscious mind and therefore we are not even aware of them. Only our emotional reactions reveal what is buried in our memes and our subconscious. And those emotional reactions are nature's way of saying evolve. To evolve means to unlearn an emotional reaction. Let's just say somebody walks in the room and calls you an idiot. If that meme of not being an idiot is very much implanted in your subconscious or you are afraid of that label you will have a strong emotional reaction to it. You may even claim to have some form of depression for which you will seek medication. But the reaction is a sign that a meme is stuck in your subconscious brain and needs to be flushed out through one of the process I mentioned above. Running away from things that cause us emotional reactions is ridiculous but is the sport of most people you will meet as employees of a business. Stepping out of social cultures, family traditions, corporate expectations and even religious paradigms requires a huge confidence in the outcome being better than compliance. Therefore the incentivization to break a meme is quite low. The incentivization to stay enemy is very high. Most people become invested in breaking through their emotional reactions because of discomfort, suffering, or pain. It is very rare for people to volunteer to break a meme that is in their subconscious brain and causing them emotion until they recognize the cost of not evolving. And now, question 4. Part B Is nature in balance or is she always seeking balance? What is stress in relation to emotion? This is an exceptional tricky question, and the answer is nature is both in balance and always seeking balance. If you go down to the beach and watch the tide coming in and going out, you are witnessing nature seeking balance. If you go to the weather map and see wind and storms blowing across the atmosphere, you are seeing nature seeking balance from high pressure zone to low pressure zone looking to equalize. So, most of what we experience of nature is nature seeking, not finding, balance. So, that's the first answer. But now let's look from the moon and look at the earth. If the tide is coming in on Bondi Beach and the tide is going out in New York, then the tide is actually balanced but not locally. Non-local, which means beyond that which you can see, nature is always 100% balanced. Another example of this can be a disaster with many people die and we read the news that so many lives were lost. We don't read the same moment how many people were born or how many lives were saved in the hospital. What we read is always local view. But to be a leader at a large level of the world one must have both local and non-local viewpoint. One must say that to those who are at the lower levels of the consciousness cone their observation is local and they will see imbalance. But two people seeing imbalance does not make balance. A leader must see local viewpoint in order to respect the emotions of those they lead as well as a non-local viewpoint in order to remain strong and calm and have a bigger perspective than an emotional local reactive one. Emotions and feelings are the same topic. Therefore all stress comes from a lopsided perspective. Stress is a testimonial to unconsciousness, emotion, unevolved thinking. Therefore the solution to stress is not time off sitting around watching Netflix. The solution to stress is balanced thinking on the topic that is causing the individual stress. There are hundreds and thousands of psychological philosophies that are used to address stress. But those psychological philosophies are based on a limited view of the human condition. They are addressing, as does religion, what people think. But the universe, evolution, human consciousness is not interested so much in what do you think but in hell you think because this is how you evolve. Stress therefore is part of nature's evolutionary trigger a stressed person needs to evolve. That's the message from the universe. It will not be the message from human resource department or friends who wish to alleviate the discomfort and pain of either being around or witnessing somebody undergoing stress. It may therefore turn out that both psychological philosophies, religion and other forms of what to think process can work hand in hand with the evolutionary viewpoint of how we think. Maybe, we can use both. Inner wealth targets the evolutionary aspect of thinking and emotion. We recognize that the world is full of information about what to think and it doesn't fix human problems at all. In fact, the more a person is told what they should think, the more likely they are to have the consequences of unevolved thinking. Which are, calamities, disasters and humbling circumstances. If you have any questions regarding this topic please don't hesitate to contact me through the contact form on the website. With Spirit. Chris.